0: So what? I can't believe it. <laughs> Are we going to start every episode like gushing like this? I think we will.
1: Hopefully we I do. Know, I know. think that both of us are just have that excitement and passion and have big hearts and we're just excited.
0: We're just excited to
1: be alive. Yes. yes. And just excited that we get to have this platform and this opportunity.
0: Yes. So everybody, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Lipstick League where sports and pop culture come to play. I'm Natalie Eganoff, And I am Nicole Mahalik.
1: Thank you so much for being with us. Some may know us as... Nick and Nat. Nick and Nat. And so it's so funny because you always go by Natalie yeah. and I always go by Nicole. But there are people in our lives that some people call me Nick and some people call her Nat. So we're going to utilize that throughout this these shows. Yeah. The
0: entire city of Philadelphia calls me Nat, which I find hysterical.
1: Everybody calls me Nick. Yeah.
0: But no one in my real life calls me that. Yeah. Nobody in my real life calls me Nat.
1: I'm not even. So I obviously was Nick the Webchick when I was on the other radio station. But I'm Nicole on XTU. And my whole life I've been Nicole. Yeah. And but people even people here at work call me Nick. Yeah. And I'm
0: like, but that's
1: not even my name on the air. But
0: yeah. well, so Mike Massanelli started calling me Nat. And yeah. that's where it came from. And now I'll literally be at like the shop right on a Sunday. And so it will be like, yo, Nat. <laughs> And I'm like, hello. It's It actually, it means a lot to me that, you know, people pay that much attention and now call me a nickname. It's super sweet.
1: So, yeah. So there's, that's like a side part of us. It's yeah. It's like the Nat side and the Knicks. It's like there are edgy parts. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, they are.
1: So this is epis- officially episode one. We obviously did the intro and told us a little bit about ourselves. This is episode one of the Lipstick League. And we're, I just am so excited. And I know I keep saying that, but I just feel that like there are so many amazing women and men. Just because it's called the Lipstick League doesn't—we are not alienating
0: anybody. No, nobody at all. You know what I mean? If yeah. You are,
1: if, let's just say that you are an NFL player listening, and you secretly want to put on lipstick and listen to us. We're here more, for more, you. Yes, we're here for you. Absolutely.
0: Contact us for recommendations. I can probably tell you one that'll match your shade. Oh no!
1: Oh, Nat's getting a call. Phone Why though. do I do
0: that? Hold on, let me decline. I always forget that they can come through your computer. Now. I know. I always want to talk technology to man. <laughs>
1: Um, All right, so let's talk about some big stuff that happened in sports. Now, this is. You're getting the real raw... Episode one's going to be raw. Super raw. The organic stripped-down version. Uh Because eventually we're going to have like fun sound effects. And we're going to have different kind of stuff. But we're going to create all of our own stuff this episode. So thanks for joining the ride. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's the granola version. (laughs) Getting
0: getting in with us at the ground floor. But like that's the best place to get in. Because then you know what's real. Yes! Yes, yes,
1: yes. It's the stripped-down version.
0: So obviously... The Eagles
1: won, finally, their first game.
0: Can't believe it. Well, actually, you know, I kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen. I didn't pick them, but I had a feeling that they were going to win that game against the Niners. I don't know how. I just was like, we're due.
1: I guess that maybe that's the the word that we're due. I really thought that we were going to win against the Rams, and then we didn't. And I was like, wow, my instincts were, like, totally wrong with that. Right. And the thing that Natalie and I have in common is that we definitely have – she tweeted – First of all, her Twitter's amazing. And we're going to we're gonna have separate epi- breakout episodes of all this stuff. But this is kind of just like a weekly recap episode for episode one. But she tweeted that she will die in the Carson Wentz Mountain. And I yeah. said, I really... Like, I'm in my hiking boots. I'm hiking there with you. Yeah. Because we really feel like in our souls that, they're, that he's still in there.
0: Well, and you know what's so interesting? Around the league, I feel like people are conceding that this year isn't his best year, that there's something off about him, that he's not executing the way that he should. Yes. But I still feel like nationally he is getting that recognition where they know that he can execute better. So I feel like that's the Carson Wentz mountain, right? It's it's this mountain where you know his potential, you know his skill set, you know his athletic ability. So it's like, what is the what is the snow on the mountain that's preventing him from actually being the tallest mountain in the NFL? Yeah, if you and will. I think and Nyland and I have
1: talked about this a lot off mic, just because I really and it sounds funny, but I know and that's kind of how this podcast was born is because there are so many women that have an opinion, right? There's the Folesian Society women. And and we obviously have to talk about Tom Brady and Nick Foles, and we'll and we'll get to that the, <laughs> the game last night. But <laughs> the thing about Carson Wentz is that like I just I just feel that you can't have that talent and then all of a sudden it's gone. No, because it it it's not. So there, like you said, like there's a snow, there's a there's a a piece of ice. Yeah, you know that we're on Everest and that you have to either climb around or climb over and. There's something there that's, like, blocking it. And, I mean, I've said for years that between his injury and Nick Foles um, and obviously the Super Bowl that there's something mentally that he's either overthinking it. And another reason why we want to do this podcast is because, A lot of times with sports, it is mental. Oh, totally. It's that intangible, that je je
0: ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. That you
1: can't figure out, that you can listen to sports radio and and hear our colleagues talk about statistics and this and and analytics. But, like, sometimes it's just that thing.
0: Well, and, you know, so you know how you're saying a lot of it is mental. And I think that over the last couple of years in particular, what we've seen with the way sports is trending is – Mental health is now front yes. and foremost yes. in all of our lives. You know, yes. it's, it's being talked about. There's many people advocating for mental health, particularly in sports. Now, I think, is why it's important that we really need to start addressing how mental health plays into your performance on the field or, you know, plays into how you execute on the field. Because before, it was kind of like this brown paper bag. We're not going to talk about it because talking about your mental health or barriers to, you know, greatness or, what you know, what's wrong with you, like barriers to that, it was kind of taboo. And it was seen as a sign of weakness. And especially in professional sports, you know, men historically don't want to admit that there's something weak about them, whether it's physically and it's particularly mentally. And especially when you're a football player and you're expected to be the manliest of men, I'm using air quotes because that, you know, that's how society, that's how society has kind of shaped men in America to think and be that if you admit to weakness, then that weak makes you a weak man. Therefore you're not a man,
1: which always was so strange to me because it's like, you literally, like, brush your hand over a guy's balls and he doubles over in pain. <laughs> and a woman pushes out a baby from her vagina and they say, you gotta have balls. Well, not really, because balls are weak. Yeah, <laughs> Vaginas are strong. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, what? Well,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, so I never understood that where it's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta be a manly man. Well, not really, because, like, they hit their ball sack next to a doorway <laughs> and they double over in pain. So it's like, it's okay to talk about how everybody has a weakness. Yeah. And and mental health is not a weakness. I mean, totally going off subject at of Carson Wentz for a second, but like, let's talk about Dak, Dak Prescott really fast. Exactly. About, he came out, first of all, I have a small, and I mean small, a very small part of me that has a little bit of affection toward him because we have the
0: same birthday, oh, July 29th. Yeah. Okay. And that's so he's fair. a loving
1: Leo, you know? I actually,
0: I don't hate Dak. I know in Philadelphia that's kind of like blasphemy. Yeah. I don't hate Dak Prescott, you know, and I think... Because of how he's come out and said, like yes. we're going to say, he struggles with depression. I mean, his brother committed suicide. Yes. So sad. So traumatic. These aren't life circumstances that we need to ignore or yes. we need to pretend that don't exist, especially when it comes to sports. And, you know, he came. There was certain loudmouth, old school, old oh, yes. ass. He's
1: He's horrible. Dudes yeah.
0: Who came out and they're like, oh well, he's not a man. Well, you know what, Skip? That's not what we're we don't do that anymore.
1: Right. Skip, you're literally 80 and you wanna be 25 so bad and it's not cool anymore. No. It's cool for what Dak did. Yeah. It's cool that he talked about his brother dying by suicide and that he struggled with anxiety and depression in a global pandemic. Yeah, like-
0: let's not let's not forget. Also, yes. Hello, everybody. We hope that you're doing OK. Yes. Yeah. It's it's 2020 has been a rough year. Um, it's been insane. It's been there's so many things. There's always the saying that my mother used to say that if you have more than sh- three stressors on your plate, then your plate begins to overflow. Wow. That's good. Yeah. So she would say to me, Natalie, think about the things in, Wait, in what's your, your life. name? Gabrielle. <gasps> oh,
1: what yes. a pretty
0: name. Yes. Gabrielle, my mother um you'll hear about her a lot trust me oh you're gonna yeah. hear about diane <laughs> nicole Ann. i
1: can't wait to listen to your podcast what are you talking about vaginas <laughs> it's it's the area nicole Ann. that's what she always but like. nicole Ann, you're not doing bubble bath because it will irritate the oh. area oh i was never allowed to use bubble bath growing really? up yeah because she was always afraid it was going to irritate the area oh my god <laughs> i always use like unscented products oh <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. We have to have our moms
0: on. Um, We totally have to have our moms like, on. Like,
1: oh, my God, Nicolette, you know, your da- Your dad's like cuckoo with
0: sports, yelling,
1: yeah. screaming. I was like, Chet, calm down. I love your
0: impression of your parents. <laughs> Literally how she talks. I really do. <laughs>
1: so funny. Um, But that's really an amazing saying from your mom because it's so true.
0: Yeah. So you think about, especially this year during the pandemic, not only, okay, so the pandemic in and of itself is one stressor, yeah. right? That's a stressor. We have no idea what the, the state of the world as we know it completely fell apart.
1: Everything that we knew our normal day to day is completely gone and stripped away from us. Even something as simple as like leaving your house, put on makeup, going to get your coffee and like driving to work. Something is like stripped down as that. Yeah. Not to talk about what it's like to have kids and home
0: and working from home and school. And, and being- rearranging your entire life. So now th- what sickness. you just said, that's. That's six stressors. So everybody in the world, and particularly in this country, is just dealing with a tremendous amount of stress. So I'm done with the Skip Baylesses of the world. Correct. And if I saw him, I'd tell him right to his face. A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. We're done with the Skip Baylesses of the world.
1: And here's another thing, too, is that social media makes it so much, so much harder. And- I see what people say to you on social media. Yeah. It is insane. And it does not ma- People think just because these athletes are making millions of dollars. First, let me tell you, Natalie is not making millions of dollars. No. <laughs> so the things that, that especially men say to her are insane. And number two, let's talk about professional athletes. And just because you're a millionaire does not mean that it is easy to constantly be ridiculed, and you see it. Yeah, and there's not an excuse for it. No, and people want to talk about well, back in the day, athletes were talk. First of all, you had no idea what athletes were going through even ten years ago because social media didn't exist
0: then. Exactly, you
1: had no. You knew how hard Donovan McNabb had it, and that was just from sports radio.
0: Imagine, imagine if Twitter was around when Donovan, you know, blew chunks. Yes. In 2005 on the sideline. Right. He would have never, ever, I mean, he still isn't living it down. I know the fact that I said blue chunks. Yes. But it was <laughs>
1: 15 years 15 ago? 15 years
0: ago. No. Um, Imagine, no, it's, it's, there is no, there's no escape anymore from the realities that we're dealing with. Right. And athletes are not immune to that. So you have somebody like Dak Prescott who comes out, he talks about, you know, mental health, what he's struggling with, but all, and how it affected his performance. So then to bring it back to Carson Wentz, he's also somebody... But he doesn't show it, you know? And I don't don't know if Carson necessarily knows that there's, like, this internal thing that he's battling. Right. So that is... Yes. See, this is why I love this girl. Because that's...
1: (laughs) I don't know if Carson realizes what's actually going on. I think in his mind, he thinks he's the same. And listen, and I respect the fact that he's a Christian man. I mean, I think that... It's, it's very commendable that he tries to live a, a really great life. And Jesus is great. And I love Jesus. And I went to Catholic school. and But here's the deal. You need a professional. And you need a sports psychiatrist to really strip it down for you. Because I don't think Bible verses are going to help you with that.
0: Well, so and to piggyback off of that, when it comes to faith and Christianity and letting that be your lead, It's incredible. It's an incredible way to lead your life. However, sometimes, and I think in Carson's case, you can confuse the need to be kind and the need to be friendly and the need to be giving. You can confuse that, that if you are not kind or friendly or giving, that you're being a bad person.
1: Yes. When
0: in reality, you have to be good to yourself first, right? Yes. So standing up for yourself. Yes. Taking your power back.
1: Yeah. standing
0: up possibly in the quarterback room yeah you know when you're going over plays and saying like look i'm the quarterback this is how i want to do it yes that doesn't make you a bad person nor does it make you a, a man of bad faith correct and, I, and again i know i don't know this to be true i just have this perception that sometimes and i've been i've fallen for it myself that if i'm not nice or if i'm not you know friendly or if i or if i push back at an idea that I'm not being like a good person when in reality standing up for yourself is the best thing that you can do for yourself
1: one bazillion percent and again it's a very fine line between I'm not going to be an asshole and women have it harder and let's just be honest yeah because no one tells men to smile actually that's a lie because I actually hate when men don't smile (laughs) so you know how that's a big thing where it's like Oh, is she get a smile when 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 guys don't smile, I'm always like, "Why are you smiling? Like what's the deal with that? Are you yeah. trying to like be protective of something?" But anyway, that's besides the point. But women do have it harder because women if, if you're too aggressive, then you're a bitch, and then you're hard to work with. And if you're not aggressive enough, then you're a pushover, and then people just do whatever they want.
0: Ex- so, exactly. So, many times, especially in my career, and we'll, we could do a whole show on this as well, my kindness yes. has been mistaken for weakness.
1: Oh, a thousand percent. We're going to do a whole episode on this because I have so many examples at my old job. Where like I would always be so happy go lucky and then I would need something done and I wouldn't get it and then I would have to have a freak out and then it would be rewarded. Right. Which is insane.
0: Yeah. It's like why do you why do I have to get to that point Correct. in Correct. order to get what I need? You Correct. can't just listen to me in the first place. Correct. But there's a part of me that feels like the way that we've seen this season play out, particularly with the Eagles, is that perhaps Carson's kindness has been mistaken for weakness, which is why they drafted a quarterback second overall. Right. In in the NFL draft, so yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of factors there. However, I do feel like against uh, the Niners last week, we really saw 2017 Carson extending the plays, getting outside the pocket, basically running the ball himself right. on multiple occasions.
1: Because that's what's interesting is that from again, and I'm not an X's and O's person. I'm just somebody that observes, and it's like is Doug not coaching to Carson's ability. It's almost like Doug want, and that's what I think there's so much, there's something with Doug and Carson, and I think that Doug felt more comfortable coaching somebody like Nick Foles, that pocket passer, that person that Doug gives the play, and he just does what it needs to be done, and that's not what Carson is.
0: Well, so, and I think that the comfortability there is that Doug was a career backup.
1: Yes. So
0: I think that he kind of identified, he identified with Nick a little bit more, I mean, Nick did credit Frank Reich for, you know, being...
1: Which was also interesting. Yeah. And so, to go back really quick for a second, so when... So, Nick was obviously with the Eagles, and then he became the starting quarterback of Jacksonville last season. He broke his collarbone, and so they had to put in... Mustache man. Yeah. And he, like, balled out, and so they benched Nick. Then... Jacksonville traded for Nick, and they put him in Chicago. Uh-huh. And so it was Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. Mitch has been the starter for the last two seasons. And everybody was like, oh, Matt Nagy and, and Nick Foles have a history. It's obvious Nick Foles is going to be the starter, but he wasn't. They went with Mitch. And then they were 3-0. They were having a little bit of trouble. They were losing to Atlanta,
0: right? Yep. And Yes. Which – the, the most epic collapse of the year, and it, it happened in, like, week two. I
1: mean, Atlanta, that's a whole episode, too, because Matt Ryan's from Downingtown, and, like, I think we need to talk about him. But anyway, so Matt Nagy pulls Mitch Trubisky, puts Nick Foles in, and Nick Foles does the Nick Foles thing and wins the game, and he's officially named the starter. Yeah. So when he does that press conference and they ask him about being a quarterback and your play and and – it's been very up and down, and he credited Frank Reich, who was the offensive coordinator, coordinator for the Eagles during the Super Bowl year. And now he's the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Yeah, so, and I have to think now the Eagles don't have an offensive coordinator, right? Because Doug Peterson wants to be the end all be all right. when it comes to play calling. And so that's weird too. He's, and I think that he's just, he got that Super Bowl under his belt. And he got that book. He wrote that book. You know, now he's thinking. I know what it takes to win a Super Bowl, right? So it's my way or the highway. And it's not, and it's not, no disrespect to Doug. If you, if you are that confident in your ability that that's how you want to set things up for yourself, go ahead and do it. But, you know, we're four games into the season now and it's not working. It's not working. And you have a, you have an incredibly skilled quarterback.
1: This is what I think is interesting too about ego, right? And, to me an amazing leader is a great i always say that there are leaders and there are workhorses to be a great leader you need great workhorses and to be a great workhorse you need a great leader and you have to know yourself enough bill belichick did not want josh mcdaniels to leave him josh mcdaniels agreed to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and Bill Belichick freaked out. And was like, nah. And he rescinded the offer and that's why Frank Reich left the Eagles and went to the Colts. It was supposed to be Josh. But Josh and Belichick and Brady, they had a thing and Bill knows who he needs around him. He barely let Matt Patricia leave. So Matt Patricia, (laughs) he also was the defensive coordinator and now he's the head coach of the Lions. Okay? And so to make... To be a great leader, you have to understand that you need to rely on people. People are going to know stuff that you don't know. They're going to bring new ideas and fresh ideas. Yep. And that, you cannot not have that I'm the best. To be a great leader, you have to understand that there's people, surround yourself with people that could help you. And I feel like that's Doug's issue.
0: Well, it's Doug's issue. And I think, I don't know where the disconnect is, but it's evident. You know, yes. I not only does the fan base in Philadelphia see it, I think the entire league sees it. And that's the issue. And it's and it's there's it's a simple fix. And it, it comes down to, I think, communication yes. or the willingness to communicate and figure out, OK, here's our issue. How do we get how do we sit down, solve our issue to move past it? Right. But you have to be willing to go to the table and have those conversations. And I'm just not sure that that's what's happening. I know.
1: And it's also interesting that Nick Foles brought up Frank Reich and didn't say anything about Doug. Exactly. That, to me, was very telling. Because people have been saying now for the past three seasons that Frank Reich was the reason that the Eagles excelled that year, especially on offense. Well, and,
0: uh, and Carson also loved him, too.
1: Right, loved him.
0: Yeah, Carson loved him, too. So it's kind of like, okay, is is this the reason now? Because what's going to happen is – the. You know, regardless of how the season plays out, we're going to look back at it and we're going to say, okay, what's the common denominator here for why, if it doesn't, if it's not a successful season, what's the common denominator here as to why it wasn't successful? Like who, who can we put the blame on? Right. And it's either going to be Carson Wentz, which is what the fans would like to do. Right. Or it's going to be Doug Peterson. Right. You know, Doug kind of has an immunity here. He's not going to get fired this year. Right. But. If the season doesn't pick up or doesn't go any better and, you know, they end the season, you know, with four wins, something's going to be need to be done.
1: Yeah. And another thing to mention is, so Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator that year. John Filippo was a quarterback's coach. Mike Groh was the wide receiver's coach. Yeah. Mike Groh. There was that whole weird controversy last year where Doug said he wasn't getting fired, and then the next day fired him, and guess what? Guess where Mike Rowe is now? With Frank Reich. Yes. And John D. Filippo, who it was known that he pushed Carson. Yeah. That he absolutely was on Carson Wentz all the time, and they would fight, and they would just have disagreements. He left. Guess where John D. Filippo is now? The Chicago Bears <laughs> with Nick Foles. Okay? So... I just – sometimes you need to have people that are above you, that are coaching you, that are going to push you. They're going to push you to be better, and your ego can't get in the way for that.
0: Well, and that's that's in sports and in life as well. Yes. So speaking of ego and speaking of Nick Foles – Yes. How about that Super Bowl 52 rematch between the Bears and the Bucks? And uh, when you were talking about Bill Belichick, I was thinking to myself about how I – you know how I feel. So, all right, let's. I'm just going to put it out there. I have this visceral love hate relationship with Tom Brady. Okay. I respect his greatness. I respect his talent. I respect, you know, his discipline and how dedicated he is to football and how great he is as a quarterback. However, there's a part of me that detests him because I don't necessarily. I think he's kind of lived in this bubble, right, for the last Makes sense. 20 years. And I think that he's a little out of touch with the realities of the NFL when it comes to being a good leader. Because the, the way the Patriots run their system is it's a system. Right. It's kind of this fine-oiled machine that you are a piece, and if you get rusty – like if you're like a wingnut or whatever, is that what they're called? <laughs> you're out. Yeah. Like if you're a rusty wingnut, you're out and we will replace you and we yes. will do and we will do reps. And this is how we do our practices. Like the Patriots system is I mean, it's the closest system that you can get to probably just like the military. Right. The way that they run their organization. Yes. Um, and my thought was, you know, it's just a lot of the things Tom Brady has done over the years. Like I just I just kind of can't stand them.
1: So it's really interesting. Last night, he did an interview with Aaron Andrews beforehand, and he said how for almost 20 years of his career, everybody who came in had to play the way that Tom wanted to play. Exactly. That they had to fit his mold. And now in Tampa, he has to fit and learn a new mold. And he said, it's been difficult, but I think I needed it.
0: Well, so yeah, and he did need it. And that's a sign of personal growth. I'm glad to hear that he said that. Yes. Um, However, at the end of the game, he doesn't even shake Nick Foles' hand. Oh, my God. And Which is fine. No, it's, it's not. Well, it's COVID. So if you want to say, I didn't want to shake it for social distancing, fine. But you can't tell me he couldn't do like a, what's up? A oh. little head nod, a peace sign, so, the hang 10, an elbow bump, a nod.
1: It's so interesting to me because... The finger
0: guns. Ayy, ayy. Oh, oh. We're talking about just like
1: mental health and just ego... And the fact that Nick Foles and Eli Manning own Tom Brady is hilarious to me. Oh, it's great. He can't get that. They are his snow on the Tom Brady mountain. Nick Foles and Eli Manning are his snow, are his patches of ice. Yes. He cannot defeat them. It's. It's fascinating to me. And it's glorious. What's really weird when you look at the Super Bowl game, how Nick Foles and Tom Brady's stats were very similar. Tom Brady actually had better stats than Nick Foles. He threw for over five hundred yards. Yeah. But their stats last night, they weren't as glorious as the Super Bowl, but their stats were also very similar.
0: And I think I think that now that Tom has been plucked out of his little safety blanket Patriots system, he's really learning what it's like to be in the NFL. And I know people will be like, What do you mean? But but no, makes sense. he's starting over again at the ground floor with a brand new team with a different coach yep. where it's not Tom's way or the highway. Right. This is this is welcome to the league, and not everything is going to go as effortlessly as it did it, as it did in New England. Right. Because you're working it's a different animal. Like the Patriots and in all their glory, and it's incredible. And I have the utmost respect for them, they figured it out a thousand percent. they they figured out how to be the ultimate champions dynasty in the national football league yes that in and of itself is something that needs to be studied at some point yes. I would love to study it
1: oh yeah because it's the whole conversation is Belichick Belichick without Brady is
0: Brady Brady without Belichick or was it the perfect storm well and and I mean before he got sick Cam Newton yes I mean, great.
1: and that's another thing that's I mean, how crazy is that? Is that he literally, everybody thought he was going to be out of the league, out of the league from what happened to him in Carolina, and now all of a sudden he goes in to the Patriots system and he's just killing it.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they say, like, oh, Bill Belichick's such a dick, he doesn't talk to the media, blah, blah, blah. Well, when you're winning, you kind of reserve that, right, in my opinion? Yeah. You don't really have to answer many questions as long as you're executing, which is also an issue that I have with Doug this year is, homie, you're not even winning,
1: and now you're being a jerk. You got to be nice. But that kind of goes back to ego, right?
0: Ex- exactly. It goes
1: back to ego and just putting your defenses down. And and, just- and I,
0: don't, I don't even look at Bill Belichick and look at him as like, and again, I, I don't watch him as intently as I watch Doug Peterson. Yeah. But I don't get like an ego thing from him. I get more of like a just have some respect for me. Right. I'll give you what you need. Right. And I'm going to just do my job the way that I want to do it. Yes. And I also think he's kind of funny. He is, and he did that hilarious Subway commercial. The Subway commercial with the missing sleeves. With the missing sleeves, and I was like, I don't want to laugh at this, but I'm going to. I know,
1: but I do think, and what's interesting about that game is that obviously, like, and we're going to do a longer podcast on this about Nick Foles and how he seemingly only plays well when the game's on the line. Like, the first three quarters, and Chris Long, who I love, that's one of my sports snacks. Hi, Chris, if you're um, listening. He's also a DILF. He's a <laughs> DILF and a sports snack. <laughs> um, he, I love when Natalie blushes. Again. <laughs> um, so he said how he goes... Nick Foles is the streakiest motherfucker ever. Yeah, and like he is. Like when you look at Nick Foles as his career, he's so streaky. But it seems like when the game is on the line, he figures out a way to his, win. His
0: backup powers are activated. It's like it's like he kind of turns into the Spider Man where the little hairs come out of <laughs> yes. his ha- come out of his pores, yes. and then he like morphs into like, "Hello, I am Nick Foles. I am the backup." bag of all time. Yes.
1: It's like, yes, it's weird. It's like the Hulk, he, he goes from, like, wearing, like, a button-down shirt and, like, his weird just slacks. Out. Yeah, it's like he's wearing his slacks. Yeah. And then he, like, rips it off. But, like, he, and so at, at the end of the game, like, he, it, it was, if I I need somebody to pull the clip of what happened with the Super Bowl where Nick Foles was looking for Tom Brady and Tom Brady runs off. And then last night, it was the same thing. Like, yep. Nick Foles was literally looking around and Tom Brady just ran off. Yeah. And of course Nick Foles was asked about it and he was like, "Oh, I'm sure we'll we'll link up soon." Like he gave the, you know, the perfect Nick Foles answer. But I love Tom Brady because I find it fascinating that he's 43 years old and he just keeps managing to push himself yeah. to keep being great. Yeah. And so there's something about that that I just am obsessed with. Um but at the same time, the fact that like he's such a bitch that he he ran off without shaking his hand like after you knew you did it in the Super Bowl you like what are you doing dude yep. Yep. You yeah
0: yeah yeah I mean like, he, he did it again and it's like that's that's what I think I've always been able to kind of pick out of him yes is that I know that he I knew that he had that in him so for him to kind of display it I'm just kind of like really man you're 43 years old grow up you lose a game And sometimes you lose two games to Nick Foles. I know. Sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles, Nick. Right. Or Tom. Tom, right. And I think Tom's also a Leo. And,
1: you know, us Leos sometimes, like, we're passionate and we love to win. But, like, sometimes it's like... He seems like he takes everything personal. It seems like he takes Nick Foles personal.
0: Cause he's a baby. He has like very childish tendencies.
1: It's and I think, he's a little pouty. But I think that that may be because he's constantly. Cause he's spoiled.
0: Exactly. He's 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 he's, he's, he's spoiled. Like let's be real.
1: Well, did you know that? Did you ever watch Tom vs. Time on Facebook Watch when he did? No. It was oh my god! It was oh, the year, oh yeah 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 the, the Super Bowl and. They had to, it took, like, they released an episode every week, but they had it set up that the last episode was going to be the Patriots winning, and then they didn't win. So it took, like, three weeks for the next episode to be released, and he was just, like, all up in arms about it. And it's like, yeah, sometimes you lose, dude. Yep. You know? And I don't know, last night, him not shaking his hand, just, like, it, it was very fascinating for me. But it's also fascinating that Nick Foles really only wins when, like, the game's on the line.
0: Yep. It's
1: really, really
0: interesting to me. I know. It's wonderful. And I'm glad that we've exposed Tom Brady again. I'm here. No. I'm here for you know the Tom Brady exposure sessions. All right, so
1: this is the part of the show where you know the song from Black Sheep that goes, "You can get with this or you can get with that." Yes. <laughs> so we can't use that song for copyright reasons. No. Um, but maybe we'll slide into Black Sheep's DMs and ask permission. I think that'll work because why? I feel like why we do we they need... say no? Because all we need them to do is like, you can get with Nick or you can get with Nat. Yeah. No, I think it should be like, you can get with Nick and you can get with Nat. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> so it's basically the part of the show where we're just going to talk about random pop culture stuff or stuff that happened in our lives. Yeah, um, you know we do have to get more into our personal lives because I know people like the juiciness of it. I know, although I don't really have much.
0: I was going to say, I mean, I got juice. You do. I got some juice to squeeze. I'm trying to like make more juice. <laughs> You're trying to make- I'm growing the orange. I don't. So- <laughs> I want to be. I would I want less juice. Okay. I want. I, I want to be the orange back on the tree. It, really? Yeah. Well, a
1: little bit. Okay.
0: So we'll get to that. All right. So the
1: coolest thing that happened. So Nat- Natalie's gonna go first, and we're gonna, just gonna be talk about stuff that we're kind of like obsessed with that yes. happened the past week or, or two weeks or something. And so your favorite thing was? So
0: my favorite thing was. So I am obsessed with Fleetwood Mac. Okay,
1: another fun fact about Natalie. She loves old school music.
0: Yeah, I love I love music. I'm I'm pretty much like a music. I wouldn't say connoisseur, but I'm really well versed in music. Yeah, it's my so here's some juice. Like my parents. Okay, you know they dated. Yeah, parents were never married. They love they loved music together. Like so cute. Yeah, you know their foundation. Um, my my
1: parents love music too. Yeah,
0: and like growing up, like my mom always had music on when I would be when I woke up in the morning when she was cleaning. Like. I never... There was never silence in my house. There was always a soundtrack. Yes. I love that. In our
1: kitchen, we had a radio. And the radio would just be on in the morning as we were eating breakfast
0: and getting ready to go to school. Yes. That's exactly how it was for me too. And my dad, I mean, my dad would... he loved, you know, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson. So, like, I'm super, like, musically inclined. Um, So, I really, really, really love Fleetwood Mac. She's big in my family. Like, all the women in my family, like, love Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Um, my one cousin, Teresa, in particular, is kind of like a... Shout out, Teresa. Yeah. Shout out, Teresa, who I adore. But she got me even more into Fleetwood Mac over the last, like, year or so. So... I was so excited when, you know, that viral TikTok guy. Yes. The guy on the skateboard. Dog face. Dog face. Yes, that's right. (laughs) See, like, I'm not the TikTok. I'm not a TikToker. So I need to defer to you for this. I Um, love TikTok.
1: I I know. I know.
0: I was like, I I was like, I just don't have the mental space for this. Um, (laughs) But so the dog face on the skateboard with the cranberry juice listening or singing dreams. So then, amazing. Mick Fleetwood comes out. Yep. He does the video Correct. And I like died. And not only I, I died because I was like, oh, my God, yes, this is happening. Then I was like, oh, my God, Mick Fleetwood is on TikTok. And then I was like, oh, my God, Dreams is like number eight on the Billboard charts. It's like, now, I think, number one. Did it, 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 it did get to yeah, number one. It was so, at least number one on iTunes. Yeah. So it got to number one. And <laughs> I think I tweeted out. I was like, this is what this generation needs because sometimes and I hate to sound like Kids these days. (laughs) But the music from back then was so powerful and so thoughtful. And I feel like I'm just glad that this generation is kind of having its eyes opened to... Fleetwood Mac and Dreams and Stevie Nicks and everything else that comes with you know that generation of music and now Stevie's on TikTok so Wait. she might actually be the reason that I download it, download it just because I need to follow I, I just need to see what she's doing she like doesn't even have a cell phone yeah i
1: know and she was lacing up roller skates like it's just phenomenal and here's what i love so much about that i love tiktok because it's everything it's like dances and recipes and self-help and dating and exercise and how to make a protein iced coffee like there's everything on there right (laughs) and the thing about it is it's like this was the simple this, this guy was just skateboarding Drinking cranberry, what he did for Ocean Spray, they gave Breathe. him a truck because there was, and what he, the amount of money that he's made for TikTok, for Ocean Spray, for Fleetwood Mac, yeah. is what, like, that's why the internet is so wild to me. It's like he just was being himself, being authentic and organic yep. and just this, like, just this dude who likes to smoke weed on a skateboard drinking, cranberry, drinking juice, cranberry juice and made millions of dollars and put Fleetwood Mac back, back on, on the map. map like put Stevie Nicks on t- like it was just it was just phenomenal so i was been, obsessed with that yeah
0: it's it's been amazing also i just because you know those two um kids who kind of do the music reviews on YouTube. Oh my god. How they kind of brought Phil Collins in the air. I mean everybody knows that that song is like classic but they you know what I mean like that song was back on the chart so I'm really just happy to see especially this year um for During- those of
1: you really quick that don't know what she's talking about, so oh, sorry. no, that's okay. I just want to make sure that if somebody's listening, like, what do you mean? So it's two brothers. I'm pretty sure they're from Indiana. They're actually on the Billboard uh, Music Awards and they listen to old songs. They were listening to like Dolly Parton Jolene. Yes. They were doing Phil Collins. So they listen to songs that they never heard before because they're teenagers and they have these amazing reactions and they just so look them up on YouTube because they just bring a lot of joy. Yeah,
0: they bring so much joy. So, yeah, they had the Phil Collins um the <laughs> Yeah, in the air tonight. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thinking all through this pandemic, uh, you know, it, we've I feel like for whatever reason now we're seeing like the integration of like old school I love this yeah
1: music well actually that makes so much sense a light bulb just went off because so many families
0: were home so so many families were home and you know it kind of forced you to like step outside your box a little bit and so even like verses, like Patti LaBelle versus Gladys Knight and you know Brandy versus Monica And and then it was like DMX versus like Snoop Dogg and I'm like I'm like sitting there and I'm like oh my god but you know I feel like in, you know, hip hop kids are like maybe kids these days are listening to that. But here's another opportunity where they're just reimmersed in like old school hip hop. And, and that's how it started. But now it's a, now the versus battles have evolved to Brandy and Monica and, yeah. you know, Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle.
1: I love it. And I also love one of the good things about this pandemic, too. Was that it forced people to be creative. Yes. So a lot of times, especially in entertainment, you just keep doing what works. Yep. And you just kind of keep going along the path. And this whole thing made people, especially in the entertainment industry, totally stop and like use their creative brains to come up with new ideas. Yeah, they how to had to engage in audiences, how to make money. And that's what I love, too, about it. Yeah. So, so the thing that I was obsessed with yes. this week is so I was never a huge bachelor bachelorette fan right like i would watch a little bit of it do you watch it i don't okay
0: i don't because there. so i watched one season with my mom the one with like the chris souls guy
1: yeah who actually killed somebody he's a farmer and yeah got arrested and but so supposedly he's like okay now
0: oh god that's sad yeah um
1: so i never really like watched it right Yeah. i I would watch sometimes the end because i wanted to see like who they picked and obviously i live on social media and in pop culture so i always just like was aware of like what was going on but i am obsessed with celebrity couples and Uh obsessed with love and especially couples that i feel like have a thing right i have this really weird thing about myself where like a lot of times I could just like pick up on like, yes, there's like, there is a, there were two people that had an affair where I used to work and I was like, they're together and people are like, you're crazy oh, because really? they were married to other people at the time. Guess what? They divorced their spouses. They're now married and have a baby. Stop. I could tell. I could, there's just, just there's knew. just I just knew. I just, yeah. it's like an energy thing. So yeah. I So I didn't even really watch Hannah Brown's season that much. I watched toward the end. She picked Jed, and then it came out. Then it made news how Jed actually had a girlfriend, and they broke up, and everybody was obsessed with Tyler. Tyler Cameron, if you don't know, and he became this, like, feminist icon because he was, like, all the stuff that he would say on the show was just, like, very pro-woman and all, like, about choices. He's like, who cares if she sleeps with people? She can do what she wants. Like, this is her choice, Right. right? And it was pretty amazing, and he's obviously hot, as fuck um Tyler Cameron Tyler Cameron oh my god I also we're also gonna do something called S- Nicole's snack break where I'm <laughs> where it, we're gonna talk about my snacks and like I'm gonna kick it off with like my ultimate snack so I think I'm gonna do that in episode maybe like two or three okay and then we'll, we should do
0: that the next one yeah we're yeah. gonna do the next
1: one to tease it but there's like my ultimate snack and then there's snacks and if Natalie wants to jump on the snack train um she can. I'm the single one out of this. She'll eventually talk about love. Um, So, But I have a lot of snacks, as you can tell. I have some snacks. Okay, good. So yeah. it's called. It's going to be called our snack break.
0: Our snack break. <laughs> I feel like my snacks are all the same. It's okay. Like I've, I've loved the same snacks for like 20 years. Okay. But that's, that's okay.
1: Sometimes I see new snacks. I'm There's like, yum!
0: All right. Are these organic? Are they calorie-free? Oh, look, it's a a non-GMO version. (laughs) Calorie-free chocolate snacks. (laughs) All
1: right, so here we go. So, Hannah Brown, Tyler Cameron. Now, obviously a lot of Bachelor Nation people know the deal with this, about how, like, they... Kind of went out for a drink after the fact. He was spotted coming out after, out of her apartment. But then he started dating Gigi Hadid. But then Gigi got back with he Zayn. Did? Yeah, he dated Gigi Hadid. Yeah. And then Gigi got back with Zayn. And now they have the baby together. But... In quarantine, it was spotted that Hannah went to Jupiter, and they did this quarantine crew, and they were on TikTok together. Oh, I was like, "Wait, Jupiter? Yeah, Jupiter, Florida." Yeah, I know. I was like, Wait, why "You're like, how, I how, how did I miss this? <laughs> they were in space." So, long story short, Hannah and Tyler reconnected on YouTube this week, and they talked about what happened in quarantine. Everybody thought they were together, and Natalie, you're gonna get this because. As I was watching along and part of me wanted them to be... And I really do believe they love each other. Yeah. But I could tell what was really going on. I was like, this is very obvious to me. When they were stuck in... So his mom passed away. Okay. She went to the funeral. And then like a week and a half later, she was back in Florida. And everyone's like, oh my God, they're in love. I was like, no, no, this is what happened. She went to the funeral. They reconnected. She went home. He was like, I need to see you again. So she flies back. Then they get stuck quarantined together. But I could tell that there was tension. They were trying to make it seem like they were. But I was like, there's something there. I'm like, I'm telling you, she's ready for a relationship. And he went through so much trauma. His dad died. He got famous. She rejected him. Then he broke up with Gigi. Then his mom died. Like, a lot of trauma in a very short under a year. That's insane. And I was like I could I I've been her. I've been Hannah where you're like what is this? Tell me what's going on. Yeah. And he just doesn't want to talk about it and I could feel the awkwardness. So sure enough this week it comes out when they they get together about how they act that's exactly what happened. Is that she went to the funeral, he asked her to come back, they were trying to figure it out. She kept wanting to talk about things. He said th- yeah. there's nothing to talk about. They stopped talking at one point. Ugh. And they're working on their friendship now, but I really do believe that they're in love. It's like Drake and Rihanna. I mean, he screwed it up when he had sex with the porn star and got her pregnant.
0: I know. that They haven't really talked since. Wait, how about when I, you know, when I found out who Sophie, her Sophie Brousseau, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. So when I found out who she was, I like looked her up and I was like, oh, wow, she's this artist. And everyone's <laughs> like, no, no, she's a porn star. I'm like, but look, she's also an artist. artist. Like she's, she's kind of badass. Which so I'm not I'm not like and she's from the Netherlands and they just like do their own thing anyway. I I kind of like like her, but I know about it upsets me because I know about like
1: he had a kid with her and like it screwed up his chances to Rihanna. So anyway, we're going to do a whole episode <laughs> of Drake and Rihanna. We are because there are so much like we're going to go all the way back. Oh. We're going to. Oh, my God. And we could talk about his VMA speech. Oh, my God. Anyway, ha, t- t- Tyler, Tyler and Hannah, and Hannah. look that look up their YouTube um we'll play a little clip just like we played a little clip of dreams
0: okay what's up guys Tyler Cameron's here (laughs) I'm here and I guess we're going to talk about what really happened in quarantine that everybody thought we in love yeah and we actually gave each other we actually wanted to kill each other at this point how did I guess, should we just start from the beginning? How did that even happen?
1: Those are our obsessions for the week. So this and that.
0: You, you can, can get d- with this, this and, and you, you can, can get with that. With that. You oh, can wait. get with Nick and, and you, you can, can get, get with that. There we go there, <laughs> we go, there we go, there we go. My coffee hasn't kicked in yet. I <laughs> do